Hello, and welcome to Being Boss, a podcast for creative entrepreneurs. I'm Emily Thompson, and I'm Kathleen Shannon. I'm Basavi, and I'm Being Boss. All right, bosses, today we're talking about the comparison trap, cultivating confidence, and so much more with Vasavi Kumar. As always, you can find all the tools, books, and links we reference on the show notes at www.beingboss.club. All right, you guys, I want to put an end to any myth that money is evil, money is difficult, money is hard, I'm not an accountant, because FreshBooks Cloud Accounting has made it so easy for small business owners, freelancers, side hustlers to keep track of their expenses, to send out invoices, and to get paid faster. And honestly, that's all it comes down to. One of the things I personally love about FreshBooks is that they've designed it for creative entrepreneurs. Whenever you log into your dashboard, you can see exactly what your business is up to. You can see how much money you've got coming in and what you've got going out. You can easily pull reports to see what your profit and losses. You guys, if you're not staying organized with your money, you're going to have bad feelings about money. So I want you to get organized with your money today. Try out FreshBooks for free. They're offering our listeners a 30-day unrestricted free trial. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash beingboss and enter beingboss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, back to our episode. And you guys, here at Being Boss, we don't draw a strict line between work and life. And sometimes that means we're bringing our personal stories into our professional experience. And as you'll see in today's episode with Vasavi Kumar, that means we're bringing our spirituality into our business to cultivate the kind of confidence it takes to face the uncertainty and setbacks that creatives are bound to bump up against. Vasavi is often described as your kick-in-the-pants guide en route to your desired destination. She is a licensed social worker, special education teacher, and certified coach. Vasavi holds dual master's degrees in special ed from Hofstra University and social work from Columbia University. She's a pro at attracting media and works with her clients to create and go after opportunities that are aligned with their brand values. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode because if you need that kick in the pants, if you need a little boost of confidence, today's show is for you. All right, Vasavi, we are so excited to have you on the show today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me here. It feels like forever. I've been listening to you guys and it just feels like today is a very good day to be on the show. So thank you so much for having me. Well, we'd love to introduce you to our listeners. So can you tell us a little bit about your path to entrepreneurialism and being boss? We want to hear your story. Okay, so I would say my story started on Long Island in New York as the daughter of two Indian immigrant parents who came here from India. Um, So my mom's a cardiologist, my dad's a CPA, and they've always worked for themselves. And I think from a very young age, I witnessed them having a lot of freedom and being able to do what they wanted, when they wanted, being able to create as much money as they wanted. I grew up in a very healthy house as far as money was concerned, you know. So I come from a Hindu background, so my family's Hindu. And and in our faith or in our religion, we view money as goddess. So we have a lot of reverence for money. Yes. And I we don't say amen. Like yeah. that was an amen moment, but then yeah. I didn't know if that was offensive. No, no, no. I, I, I rarely get offended. Please try to offend me. I, I would love for you to try to offend me. It's okay. I don't get offended. But yeah, so I, I mean, I mean, we literally have holidays that worship the goddess of wealth, who is goddess Lakshmi. Okay. So I grew up feeling like money's great. Like you, we need money. Money equals money. Like I grew up not having any emotion around money ever. It was a very logical thing for me. So I think in addition to just being an entrepreneur, you guys, um, I used to go back to India every year since I was a kid. And the first, first time I witnessed extreme poverty, I was probably around four years old. I saw this man eating a banana peel out of a dumpster. So like, it wasn't even a banana. It was like a banana peel. All right. So that's the height of, you know, not having anything in life. Like, like here you are eating a peel. And I remember saying to myself, no one should have to suffer like that. If, if I don't have to suffer, how come you have to suffer? Right. So I just started questioning things from a, um, 
such a small age and I just made it my resolution, no matter what I did in life, career-wise, how I treated anybody in life, I will make sure that your life is better off because I'm in it rather than make you feel like crap, right? So I think all the choices that I made in life education-wise, so I have a master's in special ed, I have a master's in social work, every single thing that I ever chose in life was always based with that foundation that I'm going to make your life better. I'm going to, in some shape or form, alleviate your suffering. This is not having that God complex. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, if you have the privilege of being put face to face to somebody with somebody else, then it's your duty and it's your obligation to try to make their life better somehow. Right? So after I finished my second master's, I um, got introduced to the field of coaching, right? And as someone who had been in therapy since the age of 12, who'd always been on the patient side and who had always been kind of focusing on the past, I really loved coaching because it was so much more present and future-based. So there was much more power in that for me. As someone who was in therapy since they were 12 years old, you have to remember, I'm about to be 35. So like I was in therapy for a very long time. So uh, six years ago, I started my coaching business. I started working with people on really questioning their thoughts, questioning their mindset, questioning their beliefs, and also using that therapy training to understand your childhood, right? Like most people don't want to understand their childhood or or it's too painful to look at it. And for me, when you understand how you were raised and you understand the conditioning that you went through, you have a lot more power in your present as far as how you want to operate moving forward. And then as far as uh, building my business, you know, I am a learner. I am, I want to learn. I am hungry for learning. I grew up probably in a very critical household, right? Like I was always told you're not good enough. Okay. Straight up. Like what you got a 95, why don't you get a hundred? Like I was never coddled growing up. It was never, there was no praise and it may sound like abusive, but I have to be honest. You guys are probably like, wow, you probably still need to be in therapy, which I am in. But, <laughs> but no, no, no. I am truly grateful for that because I'm, I'm so grateful that my parents never let me settle. Ever. Ever. And so now being the age that I'm in, I've had to find that balance between good enough and also still pushing myself. Right. So I was on one extreme where it's like I was never good enough, but that was my driving force. Right. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I hit this goal. Okay, cool. I'm going to go like hit the sack and sleep now. It's like, okay, great. What's next? What's next? Like that's my high. But uh, we can so yeah. relate to <laughs> I can, I, Yes. And I think that I'm sure a lot of our listeners, I mean, I wonder if this is something that a lot of creative entrepreneurs, whether it's been an idea that was, and first initiated from our parents or just our own drive. And I, I love how you started talking about that because I'm trying to find the balance now too between being driven by not being good enough for a lack of better words. But for me, it's almost shows up as a sense of urgency. Like I have so much I have to get done. But then with this idea that like this is enough and today this is enough. So do you have any tips or tricks or tactics or tools that you've got in your tool belt for dealing with that balance of like that balancing drive and motivation and a sense of urgency with the idea that like let's give ourselves some grace or or are you just riding the wave (laughs) you know I don't think I gotta be honest I don't think I ever ride the wave I don't but I will say this: some people would say oh Vas you're like like so masculine in the way you do things, but I'm also very feminine in some other ways. Here's my thing, okay? People are always going to talk shit. People are always going to say, you should be this way, you should be that way. And the way that I have come to is, I only have to answer to one person and that is myself. So when I feel like I'm getting burnt out, which I know myself very well, I will chill out. I will Netflix and chill. You know, I will, I will, I will just hang out. But that urgency that you're talking about, like, if you want to get deep, here's my thing. I have witnessed so much of my own personal suffering and, and so much suffering just in general. I don't have time to putz around. You know what I mean? So I don't feel bad about the urgency anymore. I used to have people around me like, you make me feel inadequate when I'm in your presence. That's not my problem. Right. So, so it's like, it's like good for you if you feel urgent, but I think there's also that level of having to understand yourself and, and just ask yourself, 
Well, why am I feeling so driven? Is it because I feel uncomfortable being still right now, right? So these are all the questions that I can't answer for you, right? Like you have to answer that for yourself. Like there are times where there's that angst, there's that angst. And so in that moment, I have to slow down and I have to intentionally slow down. But I would say for your listeners who feel driven and they have that, that's a good thing because most people are not like that. Most people are okay just floating and I'm not a floater. I was reading an article in, I think it was Inc. Magazine recently, and it was one of the Williams sisters. It was, I think it was Serena. And the article was about her um, going from tennis to being an entrepreneur. So starting, starting an athletic clothing line. And in the article, she talks about how, how hard it is for her to even consider sitting down to watch a movie because the thought of sitting still for an hour and a half, two hours is just incomprehensible for her. Like she cannot, it would be harder for her to force herself to sit still than it would be for her to do the things that she wants to do. Like she just has that high of energy. And I think whenever obviously you train that hard for that long, it probably is really hard to bring it back down. And so I also find myself in a place sometimes where like I don't love watching TV. I hate just sort of sitting there looking straight ahead. I just sold and my TV. To focus. Yeah, I Did just sold you? it. I would love to to sell my. I just TV. sold I it. Think- <laughs> you know what? I want to mention something though. All my friends that don't own TVs all seem to want to come over to my house <laughs> watch, watch TV. my big right. TV on Game of Thrones night. The TV is definitely on, and we're all sitting in front of it. But like so, on the regular, uh, I'm rocking the TV. I'm just throwing that Love out there. For you and you know what? Good for you. Right. So, so there's no right or wrong here. Right. Right. But everyone has their own like energy levels. Like everyone has their own like place of security and well-being. And it's different for absolutely every single person. And I'm definitely not on the level of Serena Williams by any means. Um, But I loved hearing that story and how me hearing that didn't make me obviously think any less of her. It's just it was for me appreciating, appreciating, I think the level of training that entrepreneurs have in the hustle in that like we are trained to energetically perform higher than people who aren't entrepreneurs and if we can't bring it all the way back down that's not a bad thing so I love I love talking about this because I think I think sometimes I feel a little apologetic about how hard it is for me to like take a super restful vacation like if I'm on vacation take me hiking like yeah. let's go do something I can't sit there in bed all day that's really hard for me um and I do force myself to do that occasionally because it is important but um but we do all energetically live in a different place and um and that article for me just really hit it home I love that I love that because that is it's not about feeling guilty it's about Life is, see, so, so here's the thing, you guys, like we don't know. Okay. So I'm not trying to sound morbid, right? Like I don't know when I'm going to (laughs) die. I could die tomorrow. I could. And I don't ever want to pass knowing that I didn't give it all. So even, you know, every morning I pray every, every morning I say to God, just use me, use me up, use me up, use me up because that is why I'm here. Cause there's a reason why some people are born and some people are not right? How come I made it onto this planet, right? And, and how come there are people who didn't? So as long as I am here, then how dare I waste my life? Now, I know that sounds extreme. Like I am here preaching on a Wednesday or whatever, right? But, but it really is, you know, it, it, it is everyone's own path and decision how they want to live their life. That's the thing. Like, I'm not saying this to make anybody feel bad. I'm saying this because you got to do you at the end of the day. For me, I cannot lay in bed all day. I'm like right there. I'm like, as soon as I get up, that bed is made, out, done. Let's go live because I have not lived for so long, right? And so, and so once you finally wake up and you're like, oh my God, I can do so much and there's so much potential and I'm not going to waste another minute of my life then I, I just think after that, everything changes. 
So Vasavi, it's so funny because we just wrapped up our first draft of the Being Boss book and we're about to hand it into our publishers. But as Emily and I were writing, I was like, is today the day that we write about deathbed? (laughs) Because we are constantly (laughs) talking about carving out the life that we want to live and that happens every single day. And so the deathbed is how we reference, you know, that last day of saying, okay, did I create what I wanted to create? Did I say what I wanted to say? Did I do the things that I wanted to do? And that's certainly where my sense of urgency comes from. And I can get very morbid very fast about that. So we we really wanted to bring you on the show to talk a little bit about the comparison trap. Yeah. So one of the things that our listeners struggle with and even something that we struggle with from time to time, we often call it fraudy feelings, mm-hmm. is falling into the comparison trap. So the first thing I would at, like to ask you um, before we get into like advice for staying out of the comparison trap or staying into your own lane is like, how do you know that you've fallen into the comparison trap? Because sometimes I think it can sneak up on us and it might, we might be down in a hole that we don't even realize that we're in. So could you tell us some like symptoms to look out for? Of course, I'm a therapist. I can totally tell you symptoms (laughs) all the time. Yeah. So the minute I know I have fallen into the therapist, into the therapist, sorry, wow, into, <laughs> in, in, into the comparison trap is if I were to look at somebody's Instagram, you're looking, but then it's immediately the thought that follows is she's better or I suck or how come I'm not doing this? It's like all these freaking thoughts that you have about yourself. It's one thing for me to just look and observe It's another thing, all the meaning and the attachment that we have put around it. So that's the number one thing. If you want to look at somebody's blog, great. If you want to listen to somebody's podcast, great. What are you making it mean after that? Are you making it mean that you're inadequate, that you're not good enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're not skinny enough, you know, all of that. So that's the first symptom I would say. Uh, Feeling like basically making it mean something about you after the fact. So that's by far the number one symptom that I have. I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at somebody else's stuff. I think it's what you make it mean that's going to kill you in a way. So I agree with that. And I, I always like to think of, like, especially when I'm going through Instagram and or, I don't know, watching people's really awesome YouTube videos yeah. or whatever it may be. Like there is such a fine line between being inspired and being envious. Like, and it's just like a little bitty mindset shift that you have to make. But I think the more mindful you can be about what side of that line you fall on, whether you see that as inspiring and you want to, I don't know, paint your walls white because that white sure is beautiful versus being mad at that person because their walls are white and yours aren't. Yeah. Like that's the smallest (laughs) bit of mindset shift. And the more you can be mindful of that, the more you control you have over, over being able to, you know, gain whatever it is that you are aspiring for, or just cycling down into anger and bitterness and just (laughs) hating yourself and just total self-loathing because that's the truth right there. Like, like it does boil down to self-loathing. Um, and so there is a way to get over that, but I just want to hand it over to you guys to make sure you didn't have any follow-up questions. I have like a couple of things for me. I've noticed that the comparison trap, one of my biggest symptoms shows up as impatience. And again, it's that fine line between motivation and drive and, this sense of urgency spiraling into a bad place of like, why haven't I gotten there yet? So I think that's how the comparison trap probably shows up for me. Um, But I also think that, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, is I think that the comparison trap kind of places you in the role of a victim and that you give away a lot of your power whenever you fall into that comparison trap, whenever you start making it mean that you suck because you don't have white walls and your favorite blogger does. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You have ultimate control. You can go buy some white paint. So like mine was always, Emily, I've shared this with you and a few of our listeners before, but mine was always feeling like comparison trap and jealous whenever I would see other creative entrepreneurs that I admire and that I have great feelings for celebrating their most recent launch with like mimosas. Yeah. I would always think, oh, 
Like, why am I not celebrating with mimosas? I could go out and buy myself some orange juice and champagne. Like, it's not that hard. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, when you when you get to that place, like, your ability to solve problems stops. Like, completely and utterly stops. You're totally blinded by anger or whatever that negative emotion is that you are incapable of seeing beyond it and recognizing the power you have over your own situation. All right. So how do we stay out of it? How do we stay out of the comparison trap? What do we do? Okay. So here is, and I'm not trying to, you know, once again, bring faith and religion into it because I'm not trying to convert. I'm just sharing how I was it's raised. All good. We are so woo-woo over here. Okay. We're about all of it. We're constantly <laughs> blending the spiritual okay. with the practical with the professional. Go for okay, it. Okay, good. I just don't want anyone to... Okay. So in the Hindu religion or faith, there is a saying in Sanskrit, which is tattvam asi, which means I am that, right? And so... We were never taught, I was never taught, my sister and I were never taught that you are here and God is somewhere out there, right? Like literally as a child, my mother would say to me, you are God, right? Like you are the creator. And so from a very young age, the most powerful thing for me was I can create anything, right? I can, I can literally create anything. So for me, the, the way I get my power is to say, I want this. I'm going to make it happen. This is how I'm going to make it happen. And then I make it happen. And then look at me. So if I look at someone with white walls, she has white walls. I want white walls. I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to get some white paint. I'm going to paint my walls. And there you go. So for me, I know it sounds really crazy. Like some people might be like, oh my God, this chick is crazy. I don't really care though. It's fine. But it's, it's also like I am the creator of what I want right? So why the hell am I going to look at you, feel sorry for myself, hate myself, hate you, think I'm powerless when in actuality, I have the power to create anything that I want. Like you guys, I kid you not, you can create anything that you want. And when you know that, then it is pointless for you to compare yourself to other people. And I, and I actually do thank my mother for that. Actually, today's her birthday. Happy birthday to your mom. Yes, yes. And I actually like sent her like this video YouTube of me just thanking her for because of you, you taught me that I am the most powerful person in the world. I am extremely powerful and I can do whatever I want. This is not like in this narcissistic way, kind of maybe, but it's, 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 it just, she always put the power back in my hands. She always put the power back in my hands. She was like, why are you comparing yourself to other people? If you want that, why are you hating on them? Why don't you look at yourself and ask yourself, what can I do about it? So yeah, there are a lot of awesome Instagrammers and YouTubers. And first thing I say is good for them. What can I learn from them? And then how do I want to do it? Screw them. Why am I going to give them my attention? Honestly, why am I going to give you my attention? So we talk about white walls though, and that's kind of the easiest like boiled down way we can think about, like probably one of the easiest things that we could kind of truly change in our lives. Even if you're renting... You can whatever, paint it back. Your landlord's going to love it. Anyway, that's when it, that's an easy thing. But what about the things that feel bigger? Like, what if my comparison trap is Beyonce? Like, what do I do with that? <laughs> what do you do whenever it's, whenever you start getting, like, I get a case of not being Beyonce from time to time. But on a smaller scale, like, obviously, I don't think I'm going to become Beyonce, but if you have the answer, I would love to hear. It. I would love to tell you my, okay. So I, 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 it's not an answer. It's like, okay, so first thing I'm going to have you do is what are all the things you love about Beyonce? Let's just talk about it. Her presence, her body. Oh my her, gosh. Yeah, she's okay. beautiful. She is talented. She's a triple threat. She seems like an amazing mom and a strong woman, but also a total boss. And did you see Lemonade? Like the creative yeah. force yeah. behind her brand blows my mind. Mm-hmm. She's an entrepreneur. She's launching a clothing line. She's launching a workout line. She's doing all the things. I just think she's incredible. She is incredible. And you're absolutely right. So using her, like she's the ultimate creator in my mind. Ultimate, like she, like, like that chick knows how to create, right? So it's taken all those qualities. I don't think you necessarily want to create a workout line, but I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe like a being boss. I mean, who knows? Maybe. But what I would I'd love to have a, bra, a boss sports bra. 
that would be that. <laughs> so there you go. Right. No, but no, but it, it is like, what are all the things that she has tangibly created? But then what are the qualities that it takes to create that? And then asking yourself, well, what do I want to create in my own way? And then you go and do it one by one by one, because obviously she did not happen overnight. Right. But it's uh, what, what, if I could emulate anything about her, she is so focused and she is so clear on who she is and she does not let anyone control her creative process, right? Like she may have people around her that kind of give her ideas, but at the end of the day, she is so clear and she is so humble when it comes to her creative process that she's unshakable, right? It, it, it honestly is that unshakability. And that is what I think, I think all of us women want to have, you know? So it's like, yeah. It's so funny because like right now I mentioned that we're working on this book and we just had a meeting with the designer over at the publishing house. And I was like, listen, I'm going to get real specific about what I want. And it's because I went into the meeting thinking what would Beyonce do? She would not hand over that total creative control. She would say, this is my vision. Mm -hmm. How can we work on it together? And I literally drew on Beyonce and that vibe. And I think that's exactly what you're saying here too, is that you can draw on those qualities to start to create the things that you want to create, but maybe even better than Beyonce. Yeah. I will never be better than Beyonce, but you may be. Actually, I'm all game for that. <laughs> but you may be better than the version that you are way. now, right? Like, so it's not about being better than Beyonce. It's about being better than the version that you are now. So maybe in the past you would have gone in and 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 like maybe you would have had your publisher kind of like question you, and you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, you're right. But Beyonce wouldn't do that. Beyonce mm. would say, no, hell no, this is what I want. Mm. So that's yes. that's better than the older version of you. Right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm seeing how this works. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Unstoppable. I'm excited. Yes. All right. So, you know, thinking about Beyonce, it can be (laughs) paralyzing. (laughs) It is. It is paralyzing. Let's just talk about Beyonce this time. I mean. But no, truly, like, and, and not just Beyonce, but anyone who is having a successful creative career, it's easy to put them on a pedestal and become paralyzed. So whenever people aren't able to draw on those qualities or characteristics to inspire what they're doing, when instead they're getting, I don't know, yeah, paralyzed by it, um, you know, what's the, what's the easiest way to get past that paralysis? One word, I mean, I it, it, honestly... It just boils down to prayer for me. I'm going to be really honest. That's, that's, that's the only, that is the only way that I have been able to not put people on pedestal is that I pray because the minute you put, the minute you put a human being on a pedestal, you, what you are saying to the universe is that the buck stops at this human when actually there is something bigger than that human. And so you need to, you need to, we need to, we all need to surrender and humble ourselves just a little bit and be like, why am I putting this human being, you know, this flawed human being on a pedestal and how dare I lessen myself because of that? So like, what does that say about you and how you're treating yourself? I do not put anyone on a pedestal. Like that I could say with 100% convi- conviction, I refuse to put anyone on a pedestal because I know that there is bigger than just us humans. And I just think it's like the ultimate act of disrespect towards yourself and a higher power for you to put other people on a pedestal. Like, no, you're not better than me. I'm not better than you. No one's better than anybody. Oh my gosh, this makes me think about a girlfriend of mine recently got back into the dating game and she was seeing this guy that she really liked and it didn't work out. And she's like, well, I guess I'm done. And I was like, wow, you put a lot of stock, like you put a lot of power in your own life over to some dude. Right. Like, so it's kind of that's what you're saying here, not to relate it back to relationships, but but it's all the same to relationships. Yeah. Um. So uh, hold on though, I I want to go somewhere else for a second. Please. So let's work with me while I try to put this into words. I want to like flip the script on the comparison trap though, and especially like the world we're living in today, and even something you said like your origin story almost. Like think about the opposite of that, and think about the man that you saw eating the banana peel out of the dumpster. Like I think there's just 
as much to say about the opposite comparison trap where you feel yourself unable to do the things because of all the pain in the world because you are you've almost put yourself on the pedestal like above everyone else so let's like dive into that for a second this is huge and also other creatives becoming paralyzed by the pain like but whenever you saw that man eating the banana peel out of the trash can that that experience could have easily paralyzed you and and Emily I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about but we're seeing creatives who are wanting to stop creating art because of the current state of politics for example which is bullshit excuse me sorry Corey uh, you can no, totally you can, that no out leave that in there. <laughs> yeah. Leave that in yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> Total bullshit. Yeah. Okay. So, so how I feel about, okay. Yeah. I'm so happy you said that about the opposite, about being put on the pedestal. So let me be straight up. Have I ever felt guilty that I was born very well off and I have the intelligence that I have and I have the life that I have? Do I ever feel guilty? Absolutely. Okay? So I am not going to lie. I see homeless people. I'm like, God, like, why do they have to suffer? And how come I have it so good? So I've, I've had that. But then I think this is where having to let go of that control, see, it's like I can't deal with the pain of other people being in pain. That's why I've always been in codependent relationships with men. I'll just be really honest, right? I've always been in relationships with men who are slightly just kind of in pain and depressed all the time because I feel so bad for them and I want to save them. So I have had to work through that. My point is that I now am at a place where my pain is my pain. Your pain is your pain. I am not emotionally responsible for saving your ass anymore. So I've had to draw a very fine line because I am a very empathetic person. And I, I go towards the pain. I don't shy away from the pain. I don't feel guilty. I feel it is, a, it is my duty. It is my obligation. If I am a creative who's painting or whatever, you know, it is my duty and obligation. If my art is going to help someone or put a smile on somebody's face and I'm using the excuse of politics not to put my shit out there, are you kidding me? When you know that your stuff could possibly help somebody else, that's an excuse right there. So I think instead of feeling this kind of entitlement guilt, right? Um, I know my sister is someone who feels very guilty about the fact that we grew up very well. And so she always feels like she needs to like lessen herself always. Like she feels guilty about how educated we both are. I'm like, I don't feel guilty that I went to Columbia University. I worked my ass off to get there, right? I don't feel guilty about it. The only thing that I can do to pay it forward is to use my knowledge, use my gifts and just help somebody else. But you better believe I'm not going to sit there and feel sorry for you, because of the life that I've had, is if anything, I'm going to feel grateful for what I have, and I am going to try to pay it forward. I don't know if that makes sense, but... For sure. And I love the thing that you said just a second ago about, like, relinquishing control. Like, just because you are unable to help, you know, the kids on the news or whatever it may be that, like, in this moment is causing you pain doesn't mean that you're not here to help someone. Like, you have no control over who it is that you're here to help. You just need to use the skills you have to help the people who will be helped by it. And I think that whenever you can let go of that, like, and let that pain fuel your creativity or whatever it is you need to do to, like, process and let go of the control of who it is that you're here to help, um, I feel like, I don't know, you can just more freely do what you need to do. And I, I even want to go back to this idea of like, you're here on this earth, not even like, not even you here, but you here now Yeah. for a really good reason. And if you are not doing the thing that you are capable of doing because of some negative emotions that you are building up within yourself, then you are doing yourself and everyone you're supposed to help a disservice. You are doing a disservice. And here's the truth. There is a lot of pain in the world. And if I allowed myself to get caught up with kids who are starving, with kids who are being molested, with with uh, women who are being beaten, with people who are being treated, if I allowed myself to truly so soak that in on a daily basis, I would not be able to get out of bed. I wouldn't because it is a lot of pain. When you think about how much pain people go through every single day, like even as I'm talking about it, my heart hurts. If I allowed myself to feel that every day, I wouldn't be able to do the stuff that I do in the world. 
So there has to be an acknowledgement of the pain. You realize that it exists. You can feel it. But then you say, okay, what am I going to do about it? You don't have to help the whole world. You don't have to help the whole world. But if you're going to go to a restaurant and your waitress is serving you, be nice to her. It's that simple, right? If if you're getting your car washed, don't be a cheapskate and like tip them a dollar. You know, give them a little bit more, right? It's 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 and it's it's just about what part can you do to alleviate or or to just be kind in every single moment to every or to not add to oh, the pain. Exa- oh yes, yes, thank you. Not at least not add to it. Yeah, at least right? not add to it. Because my dad always used to say to this, like, he would always say this, like, if we ever got, like, whatever, like, so-so service at a restaurant, and, like, I was a kid, and, like, I'd say to my dad, God, she was so mean, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I remember my dad would say, you don't know what she went through that whole day. How do you know what her life is like? Like, how do you know what she went through, right? So that always stuck in my head that it's like, I can do my part, and that's it. And that is all I can do, which, which for me is very hard because I'm like, I'm powerful. I can create everything. But then it's also like, wait, I also don't have any control either, right? To an extent, to an extent about other people's pain. So it really is that fine balance, guys. I mean, sucks. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am such a control freak and it is so hard for me to see how much pain there is out there. I mean, anytime I see right? it, Yeah. So. But you can only do what you can do, yes. period. Yes. My thoughts on it skew also a little spiritual yes, in a please. way where I think that if we are all serving creativity, and I'm not even saying our passion or core genius because you might not even know what that is, but if you are being creative every single day, the opposite of destructive, not only in your mindset, but in your habits and routines and maybe in your work and maybe in your home, whatever that looks like for you. If you are being creative every day and you are serving creativity first, it's going to, you know, maybe karmically, I'm not even sure if I'm using that correctly, make the world a better place. You are into the collective consciousness adding good vibes you're adding creativity and while that might not directly help the bad stuff that's going down and sure you can directly help the bad stuff that's going down by volunteering time money resources energy I'm not saying that you shouldn't do those things if you are compelled to do those things but if you are serving your creativity and listening to this podcast like you're a creative entrepreneur and if you're serving that you are adding good vibes to the collective consciousness and to the whole world that's just my personal yeah kind of spiritual belief on it I love it because why I love it is because I think as entrepreneurs we want to help everybody which is great right it's great so noble I say start with yourself before you're trying to help somebody else ask yourself Am I helping myself? Am I treating myself well? Right? Like, I think it's really, really important. I think it's noble if you want to give back to other people. But make sure you're starting with yourself first because there's only so much you can give to others if you're not giving it to yourself, right? Like, so I love what you said about creating versus destruction because it's so true, right? Like, you're either creating or or you are either birthing something or you are slowly destroying yourself in some shape or form. Like I have a girlfriend who was like, I really want to paint. I'm like, great. When's the last time you painted? She's like, oh my God, it's been a while. I'm like, okay, do you have an easel? She's like, I have an easel in my garage. When's the last time you've made time to do that? Oh my God, it's been forever. So my thing is like, if you say, I really want to paint, I've really been wanting to do this. If you don't honor that want inside of you, what the hell are you doing? You know what I mean? Because then you're just talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, but it's like, then you got to do something. It is as simple as taking the time. Cause when you take the time to do something that actually matters to you, you know, then, then that energy that you're putting out there is my needs, wants, desires matter. And even more than that, that like you are paying homage to your creative process. You know, yes. so, and also I, I actually do want to say something about the word karma because, uh, people always say karma is like, what well, goes around, comes around. No, that's not what it means. What karma means is that you take action without any sort of attachment to the outcome. 
So my father says this, and I, and I, I know I am like totally uh, like a daddy's girl, but we did. <laughs> I mean, I mean, obviously now I'm like, God, I have such daddy issues, but it's great. He taught me a lot of lessons, but it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. He sounds like a smart man. He's a very smart man, but he's he, he was also very much an enabler growing up but that's a whole another episode um <laughs> we totally talk about codependence um he always used to say you know do things out of like it's your duty to do something right so if you know you have a gift or if you know you want to do something don't worry so much about the result just do it just do it because it's your birthright because it's your duty to do it not out of obligation not like oh i have to but uh, like you guys want to write a book, right? And you listened to that and you did it and you're putting it out there. And now how many freaking people are going to be able to get that knowledge now? If you guys hadn't done that, how many people would have missed out on that, right? So it's just like, you guys don't know if your book is going to be a bestseller or not. That's not why you went into doing it, right? Oh, it is. Oh, uh, uh, no, 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 oh, <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Beyonce told me it yeah, is. Okay, so then, then, you know what, right. so Beyonce's mouth to God's ears, it is. But you know what I'm saying, right? Like, right. You, you... It was definitely out of desire. And if we had done it out of obligation, it probably would be a pretty sucky book. I also think that if we had thought about it being a bestseller or the amount of work that would go into having that finished printed book, even just that, we probably would have gotten paralyzed. Our confidence probably would have been a little shaken. And so we had to start like your One friend word at a time. with the easel, <laughs> you know, like your friend has to start her painting by putting the easel up, putting a canvas on the easel, getting out her paints, dipping the paintbrush sitting into her the ass paint, down on the bench like putting it on the easel you yeah. know it's like not it's not complicated and I think that it's so easy for us to overcomplicate all the things that we need to be doing because we're so obsessed with the outcome yeah so sure. what is like your number one piece of advice whenever it comes to cultivating the kind of confidence you know this like unshakable confidence to just take that first step yeah, I feel like I already said it, but I, I actually want to go more into depth. Yeah, the, the unshakable confidence for me, I know my unshakable confidence is I have evidence and I have proof that every single time I've said I'm going to do something, I do it. And by the way, this actually works negatively too. So anytime I've ever wanted to self-destruct back in my 20s, it's like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to get that guy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, I mean, anything, anything I've ever wanted to do, quote unquote, bad or good. I have made it happen because I said so, right? So that unshakable confidence comes from because I said so. It's like, because I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Now, obviously, as humans, we have free will and we get to choose what it is that we want to put our focus on. But now that unshakable confidence comes from, I said I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to that voice. I'm going to figure it out. I do not tell myself I don't or I can't. I cannot stand those two. I don't know how. I can't. Like, no, it does not exist in my vernacular at all. That unshakable confidence is not going to happen overnight, by the way, peeps. It's not. It's going to come from evidence. It's going to come from proof that you can. And you got to start somewhere. It starts from, I want to do this. I said I'm going to do it. And that's it. So it's decision and process. So it's not just like deciding you're going to do the thing, but it's also, if I may, doing the work to actually make it happen. Yeah, it's also doing the work. It's not enough to say, um, I'm going to do this. Okay, cool. And I'm just going to like wait around. It's that urgency that you guys were talking about, right? Like, I've been thinking about it. I have been sitting on this for so long. I'm going to do this. What is the first step? Just even taking that first step. Because like people don't get it. Even when you just take that first step, what you're putting out there is it matters. My creation, my thought, it matters. And if you don't take that first step, then, then I think what's going to start happening is then you start to kind of just like whittle away at your confidence, right? So it's about, I want this. What's the first step? And then from there, it will have a snowball effect and then not stopping. It's, it's, it's that drive. It's that urgency. It's that stopping at no matter what. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you about is that a lot of creatives and people in general might say that they're going to do something. Like, I'm going to do a whole 30. I'm going to eat clean for 30 days. And then by day two, I totally fail. And I keep getting this evidence at 
me that I'm not following through on the things that I say that I'll do. So what do you say to someone who keeps having these false starts whenever it comes to making the decision but not really following through and they've taken a major hit to their confidence? What would you recommend to them? I would say um, ask for some help. I mean, it's it's honestly, the I mean, like the, the for me, you know, the buck doesn't stop at Vasavi, right? Like I, I don't think I have all the answers. So I will go to someone or I will read an article or I will Google it. Hello, how to start this, how to start that. Like if you don't feel like you know where to start, then go to someone who can help you, period. I mean, like you don't have to do it on your own all the time. So for sure. And this is where like having a really great accountability partner or especially in business, a business bestie super comes into play. Someone who will help see you along the path and not, and sometimes it's not even helping. It's just like walking behind you, like with their finger in your back to slowly pushing you along in case you can't do it all quite yourself. Yeah. I think this is why it's so important that who you associate with, um, Yes. Yes. Who you associate with matters because here's the thing. So, so it's, it's a lot easier to be kind of sucked down and dragged down than it is to be kind of brought up in my opinion. So, and, and this is not about levels. It's just about who you're associating with. Right. So I have girlfriends that they look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, they just look at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. So like I may hang out with you, but I'm not going to talk to you about my dreams and desires. Right. Like there are people in your life that you can go out, have a drink with, have fun with. But when you're trying to jam with people about your dreams and desires, you probably want to hang out people who get you and and who also want more for themselves in life. And if you don't have that, then. Yeah, then obviously you have to go get that because it is going to be much harder if you are hanging out solo dolo and and like you don't have anybody who gets you. Yeah, you're going to feel like you're crazy. That's why it's so important to have a community, have like one or two, even like like even like two good friends in your life, right? Who are like, oh my God, I believe in you. I totally get it. This is what I did, blah, blah, blah. Rather than like, what are you talking about? Why don't you just want to like go out and like whatever? You know what I mean? Like, it's okay to have that friend that you will get a mani-pedi with. It's okay to have that friend that you go out and have a drink with. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to get you. Or if you're lucky, uh, you can also have that friend that you have a drink with and a mani-pedi and she gets you, right? So it's, it's, it's so important that if you feel stuck and you're like, I just don't even know where to start, that's where you either Google it or you just have to find a community of people that you can reach out to. I love it. All right. What makes you feel most boss? Uh, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it over and over. What makes me feel most boss is that when Vasavi says, by the way, I do love talking about myself in third person, but what I, I do, I, I do it all the time. And actually, I do want to give this one tip to your listeners at the end. But what makes me feel most boss is that um, I can create anything. And I know that 100%, no doubt. What makes me feel most boss when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. And um I am from the East Coast. So this one East Coast term that we have is word is bond. So word is bond basically means that your word is everything. So what makes me feel boss is that when Vasavi says, sorry, there I go. go. (laughs) I always talk about myself in third person. It's so clutch though. I'm going to tell your listeners why it's so clutch to to, to be able to talk about yourself. What makes me feel boss is when Vasavi says she's going to do something. When Vasavi says she is going to show up somewhere, when Vasavi makes a promise to herself or to somebody else, she does it no matter what. Hell or high water. That's it. Word is bond. Love it. And so the one thing, so the one thing I do want to say to your listeners, people ask me like, you know, just kind of like my own spiritual practice. I kid you not. I talk to myself about myself every day out loud in third person. So if I feel crappy about myself, I'm like, God, boss, you should have like, worked out today or something. I'd be like, Vasavi, you know what? Just stop being so hard on yourself. Just get home, put on your sneakers, take the dog out for a walk. It's not that serious. I will, I talk. I like say the mean thing that I'm saying about myself out loud. And then I like soothe myself. I I don't know why it helps because it's also like, I would never be mean to you guys. I would never say something mean to you guys. So why the hell would I talk about that? You know, kind of like to myself. So I'm, I am, I am going to, I, I want to invite your listeners to start 
questioning their thinking and the way they talk about themselves, say it out loud in third person. I'm telling you, it has been my saving grace probably for the past 15 years. Vasavi, what's going on? Talk to me. What's going on? Like I literally talk to myself about myself because what it does is it actually separates the physical body self from that higher self, that observer. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, so that, so then you have that observer that's like, what are you doing? Why are you talking about yourself that way? Right? So that helps me every day, all the time. I love that. Yeah. I'll do that. Okay. And then I'll let you guys know whenever David puts me into a program. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certifiably crazy. I have no problem with that. No problem. Yes. No, I feel like that is that, that sounds like a super powerful tool. If you can say those things out loud to yourself that you're saying internally to yourself and you're appalled that you said those things out loud, yeah. then you know immediately that you probably shouldn't yeah. be saying them. Yeah. And I think that whenever you can also use that voice to see the other side, um, it's probably easier for you to weigh which one is going to be most productive. Yes. Love it. All right. Tell our listeners where they can find more of you. Sure. Well, you can always head on over to vasavikumar.com forward slash focused action. I have a free video training on how to pick one idea and take action in less than 20 minutes because we all know how many ideas we have all the time. So actually walk them through the six step process on how to write down all your ideas, how to pick one and then keep it moving. Love it. Yeah. Love Thank it. you so much for coming to hang out with us. Thank you so, so much for having me on here. This episode of Being Boss was brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Thank you to FreshBooks for sponsoring us. And you guys can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash boss. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Find articles, show notes, and downloads at www.beingboss.club. If you're a creative entrepreneur, freelancer, or a small business owner who is ready to take your goals to the next level, check out the Being Boss Clubhouse, a two-day online retreat followed by a year of community support, monthly masterclasses, book club, secret episodes, and optional in-person retreats. Find more at www.beingboss.club clubhouse. Thank you so much to our team and sponsors who make Being Boss possible. Our sound engineer and web developer, Corey Winter. Our editorial director and content manager, Caitlin Brain. Our community manager and social media director, Sharon Lukey. And our Bean counter, David Austin, with support from Braid Creative and Indie Shopography. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.